Hey everyone, welcome back to Sophomore Citizens. Let's get started with some check-ins. Gigi, how has your week been going? It's been going fantastically well. I've actually been working on a new project related to the podcast. Um, Oh, what might that be? I created a TikTok account um, for, you know, the sophomore citizens in hopes that it would gain some traction there. I feel like TikTok is the easiest platform to really take off by chance. Like, you know... Our Instagram most likely won't gain that much traction um, just by existing, whereas somehow TikTok works its magic of just skyrocketing some content. So I've been grinding, I've been pumping out that content to try and get our numbers up, get our listens up, and, you know, recruit some sophomore citizens. I like that you and Addison Addison Ray have switched positions because she's come into the podcasting world you've come into the tiktok world and i like that we can coexist in both spaces it feels like some good symmetry very good and addison very good symmetry i love to have symmetry with addison and that feels really fun and fresh and funky Gigi, thank you so much for sharing that liliana do you have anything you want to bring to the table I'm feeling especially well-rested today, Mm. which is a new thing for me. You know, after working so hard this week, I just am living for the days where I don't have to wake up to an alarm blaring in my ear. I got to do some lovely reading and relaxing this morning and go for a run. All the words that start with an R, I was partaking in. So I am really loving this weekend so far. Yeah, that's awesome. Personally, I had a super fun Friday night um, that involved some of my favorite things of all time, including, but not limited to, dancing to high school musical music, um, getting drunk, making collages, eating sushi, and watching the Lizzie McGuire movie. So, I mean, what more could you ask for on a Friday night in the, still kind of in the quarantine phase of life um honestly if you guys haven't rewatched the lizzie mcguire movie recently i would highly recommend it the plot of this movie like whoever came up with it i want to meet them and shake their hand and congratulate them because isabella parigi looking exactly like our beloved lizzie mcguire and then (laughs) like swooping in to just expose that Dirty, nasty, filthy Paolo Valasari is literally everything and a half. And I just, I loved it. I was living for every single minute of it. Um, And that's just a movie that I personally have a lot of fun memories attached to. I know that Gigi and our dad and I went to see it in the theaters, which was so exciting. I have no memory of that. Yes, it's true. And our dad's favorite, favorite character was, of course... Ethan Craft. I mean, obvious. Obvious. Anyway, we don't have to talk about that too long, but highly recommend checking that out if you haven't seen it in a while. But I would love to get into the main segment of today's podcast, which is going to be all about a certain breed of celebrities. And these celebrities are lumped together in a group because we do not have the most shining and bright feelings about these celebrities. I wouldn't want to use the word hate ever, um, you know, wash my mouth out with soap for even just saying (laughs) it right now. Um, But these celebrities are definitely on our list. We wanted to rant about it. 
Um, but once again, disclaimer that we have no personal vitriol towards these people. We wish them nothing but the best. And all of these opinions are just our thoughts and our feelings from afar. And we're sure that they're lovely people IRL. So let's get into it. Lily, I'm dying to know who your most disliked celebrity is. Let me tell you. Her name is Reese Witherspoon. Who's that? Oh, you know, just that blonde woman who sometimes always plays a bitch in every TV movie I've ever seen her in, ever. Oh. And I will say that my dislike for our girl Reese is a little personal and goes back to when I was in fifth grade. And let me just tell you this crazy story because it is quite the story. So... My mom, my brother, and I went to her farm in in California, and the three of us were there because there was a birthday party, and my mom had a mutual friend of someone, so we spent the weekend at this farm. And because it's a farm, there's lots of animals, there was drinking and partying, whatever. I'm a young kid, obviously (laughs) my brother's also a young kid, so I was not doing any of the drinking or partying. But I was there for one reason and one reason only, and that was to get to see a real-life pig. As you two might remember, in my younger years, I had an obsession with pigs, all things pig-related, loved them to pieces. Probably it was really weird looking back on it, but that was a phase of my life. So... We got there, and before we did anything else, we had to go see the pigs. So on our walk to the pig pen, we picked some apples. And wait, so at this point, like, you haven't seen Reese. You just know that you're at her farm. Yes, it was for, as I said, a birthday party. Okay. I don't know the details of how we got invited. But it was, again, a mutual friend spending the weekend there. Okay. So we pick some apples, and we make our way to the pig pen. There are two pigs in the pig pen. One is named Lavender Valentine, Mm. and she was a very cute pink pig. And then there's one named Booker T. Washington. He's not, um, like, no shade to Booker T., but, like, not nearly as beautiful as this pink, classic-looking Lavender Valentine pig. Yeah. A lot of racism in the pig community, I feel. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a point of concern. Right? Like, everyone wants, like, a pink little piglet, but what happens to all the rest of them? Well, they get hated on, and my mom was one of the people hating on the pig. Okay. Because she made some kind of rude comment about the pig, and as far as I know, pigs don't speak English, (laughs) but this pig maybe understood that she threw some shade at him. I don't really know what was up. And right after she fed Booker T his apple, um, he bit a chunk out of my mother's leg. (laughs) Right. Okay. Now, I obviously did not see that with my own two eyes, but I did see the aftermath. I saw the scar. I still see the scar. And this was... I ask Lily, so the chunk gets taken. Yep. And does your mom, like exclaim ouchie or like any like what is her reaction reaction? I remember her taking a few seconds and then going ow and I we were all like what and she was like the pig just bit me and we were like I'm sorry what like these like I don't think pigs are known to bite was she wearing a dress or shorts or she was wearing pants I think she was wearing a dress okay 
So, so it got it got, it got right, to right the, onto it. Yes, okay. and it's like her lower calf situation. Right. Um, and the friends that we were in the pig pen with were like, oh, let me go get you a Band-Aid. So they gave her a Band-Aid, and I think... A Band-Aid for a missing chunk. Well, no one knew... No one <laughs> knew how bad it was yet. Wound, <laughs> yeah, <literally. exactly. laughs> no one knew how bad it was yet. She goes to the bathroom, she washes it out, she puts the Band-Aid on, and she, in her head is, oh, shit, this is no Band-Aid situation. Right. This is a gaping wound. So she gives... Her friend a call who's a doctor and is like, please tell me what to do. And he was like, you need a tetanus shot within 72 hours or you could die. She was like, okay, great. So we obviously cut our... I have a question. Why does she need a tetanus shot? Because pigs are literally filthy animals. Okay. I feel like I'm not that um, knowledgeable about tetanus shots, especially considering as a child... Not even as a child, like literally up until maybe three or four years ago, I thought it was a tetna shot. Mm-hmm. Like that's literally I've I've said this to people and they're like, "What are you saying?" I'm like, "That's how people say it. you say tetna, tetna shot, tetna shot, <laughs> <laughs> tetna shot." And so it sounds like tetna shot, but I I've obviously now learned it's tetanus shot. Um, but that's but like, how it works. But what it would give her tetanus? Or like, no, it would kill the bacteria that could cause her to get. No, no, no. I'm saying the pig. Is the pig oh, giving the her pig, Potentially. Okay. So she needs to get the shot to kill whatever the pig right, has right, put right, into right, her right, system. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Okay, so back to the bathroom where my mom is on the phone with our doctor friend. And she immediately realizes we got to get out of here. Our weekend of partying at Reese Witherspoon's farm is over. So we get in the car. She drives home. It is on her right leg, so her driving leg, which she claims worsened the situation and we get home and she is no longer able to walk she cannot put any pressure on her leg my dad is out of town and my young brother and I are tending to our mother who cannot walk cannot do anything the next day she goes to urgent care and they are literally like holy shit this is terrible this is very serious they drew a circle around it and Why'd they, they draw said, because if the if the infection goes beyond that circle, it's like bad news. They said if the infection grows beyond the circle, you need to go straight to the ER. And my mom's like, okay, I'm trying to stay calm here. Okay, but so she's supposed to go home with a circle on her leg and watch and see if like redness or like what would go beyond yes. the. Okay. It was. I don't remember seeing exactly. Wait, but, so have you guys heard of this ha- this circle drawing happening in other contexts? Yeah, I know about the circle drawing. How do you know about the circle drawing? I just feel like I know about it. Okay. <laughs> I don't feel like I know about this circle drawing in other contexts. Do but... you think maybe you have heard about it from this story, from the past? Honestly, maybe I that's... don't think so, because I don't feel like I remember this detail from yeah. this story. But I, I feel like I know about the circle drawing of, like... If an infection is like visibly growing to like out to a certain point that it then becomes very concerning. Like, I right. feel like that's something that I know. Okay, sure. But I just didn't know that they used a marker to like play games or with like on your leg. Tic tac right. toe. I mean this was no game. No, I know. But <laughs> but yeah, she was playing a quick game of tic tac toe that went wrong because the next day the infection grew beyond the circle. Right. So Cindy skirts over to the ER, and same reaction. The woman is, oh my god! And the woman sees the circle, and she's like, "This is beyond." Listen, the circle. listen. What I don't understand is if urgent care was like, 
oh my gosh, like this is, this is horrible. Why it wasn't even just like, okay, go straight to the hospital right now. Well, and I they mean, hadn't done the circle. Yeah, but if they were like, they were doing the circle really test. Didn't you just tell me that you know all about the circle and you're familiar? So. Okay, listen, as much as I'm familiar with the circle test. Because if the, if the infection stayed within the circle, it, everything would have been fine. It's like a, I'm I telling guess, you, okay, this you sounds like a childhood game. Like, you draw a chalk circle on, like, the pavement, and you're like, stay in there. <laughs> I guess, I guess they were trying to save her, like, a trip to the hospital, those expenses, all of that. Yeah, and I think if the infection wasn't spreading and was going down, like, she could have reasonably not gone to the emergency room. Okay, sure. And yeah, you don't want to go to the emergency room unless it's entirely necessary. So she goes, and the doctor says, you need to go to the ICU. And my mom says, absolutely not. I don't want to get anything worse than what I have right now, like catch a uh, catch a cold. I don't know what you catch in the ICU, yeah, but... Catch a cold? Yeah. Oh catch a cold. Last time I had a cold, they sent me straight to the ICU. I was coughing left and right all over the place on all of the ICU patients. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. I did not mean cold. Erase that part. Uh, catch whatever you get An in the infection ICU. or whatever. Catch something more happen. serious. So yeah. my mom was like, no. And she was like, okay, we really need to watch this. My mom... Wait, so your mom went home? She went home. Yeah, she got... She just ignored them? No. I'm sure she got help <laughs> from the ICU. I'm sure okay. they gave her some antibiotics. Wait, so she went to the ICU? Or she refused to go to the ICU? <laughs> Okay, this part of the story seems a little fuzzy, but let's just move along. I think I um, used the word ICU in place of ER one time, and that has kind of set the entire story off in understanding. Okay, but let's just say the ER, and we just... There want- was no ICU. She goes to the ER. They say, you need to go to the ICU. She says, no, I don't want to catch a more serious infection. So she stays at the ER. The ER... The ICU <laughs> is inside of the ER, but... <laughs> We're really, no, we're really getting, getting focused on these semantics. But but what I'm not understanding is, at the ER, do they give her medication? Yes. Do they give her surgery? I like, can do... What happens? Okay. Okay. Just to backtrack for a moment and clarify. She goes to urgent care. They draw the circle. They say, if the infection spreads beyond the circle, you go to the ER. She goes to the ER because the infection did, in fact, spread beyond the circle. The woman, meaning the doctor... Maybe it was a man. I'm not really sure of their <laughs> Let's gender. Let's say it's a woman. Okay, so this female doctor. <laughs> she went to UCLA Medical School. It was her dream to become a doctor. She grew up in San Francisco. She had a lovely family, and her parents owned a Chinese food restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now that we have all that background. Okay, now that these laws made up some lies, let me continue. Yeah. She says, I want you to go to the ICU. This is terrible. My mom says, I don't want to do that. She says, okay, fine. I'm going to prescribe you these very, very strong antibiotics. You're going to take this. If it gets any worse, I'm not giving you a choice. You're going to the ICU. Sorry, you probably won't get an infection. I hope you don't, but like this is getting serious. So my mom goes home, still cannot walk. I think it was like a week that she was off her feet completely. Was she using your crutches from when you broke your leg? She may have been, but I, I also, feel like I remember when that. I broke my leg, was in second grade, and when this happened, she was a full-grown lady, so... Well, right, but the, the crutches are um, expandable. Like, that's oh, the you're whole... right. 
that's the whole so maybe of she that. was maybe she was using my crutches i think she remember. was making do like if my memory serves me i feel like she was she making was utilizing do. that yeah, yeah, yeah she's pretty resourceful like that side note also if anyone ever has to do the circle technique on me i just decided <laughs> that i think it would probably get it tattooed like as like a remembrance of like i survived you know Okay, Liesl, I'm going to move swiftly <laughs> along from that comment because I just don't need to give it any attention. Okay. So, she is off her feet, but the antibiotics are, in fact, working. Cut to the end of this story. She is fine, has a very ugly scar on her leg, and the interactions with Reese since the incident um, are why I don't particularly love her. So, for one, no apology. I'm not here for that. My mother has um, endured all of this insanity. And wait, so she's at the you you your trio goes to this party at her farm, okay? And as you said, you guys hadn't seen Reese. No. But how are you sure that like this attack that happened to your mom's leg was relayed back to Reese? Like, how would she know? I have no idea, but I know she know. No. Okay, and Lily, tell us why she, why you know she knew. I know she knew because, <laughs> because she talked about it on the Chelsea Handler show right. um, weeks or months later where she kind of made it into, like, a funny, talk, talkable moment where she was like, oh, my friend with the most beautiful legs got bit by my pig. It was so funny. Ha ha ha. Which like, it is hilarious. My mom loves to tell the story. I'm obviously telling the story as a funny thing, but for her to give no attention to the severity of the situation in the moment, I mean like no flowers, no apology. Like I know there was even a part where thousands and thousands of medical bill dollars later my parents had some discussion with her about like paying for the medical bills and like that was really not given the time of day and then it was just a comical moment on a talk show um cut to a few years later possibly my dad ran into Reese Witherspoon and they were having a conversation about something in the entertainment industry. And my dad was like, oh, my wife is actually the person who got bit by a pig on your farm. How funny. And she was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. And my dad was like, you talked about it on the Chelsea Handler show. Like, I don't know if you remember, my wife Cindy was bit by your pig. And she was like, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. And completely denied the whole thing. So that is the end of my pig bite story or my mom's pig bite story and why I am not Reese Witherspoon's biggest fan. Right. And how do you feel about pigs since then? Like, did this impact your love of pigs? Because I kind of remember it didn't. No, it didn't at all. Yeah. Your your love for pigs just went on completely strong. I mean, I will say there was a brief moment where I was trying to convince my family to get a pet teacup pig. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to say that I was succeeding at doing such because they probably were not even considering it. But the minute this happened, that was completely shut down. I wasn't even allowed to bring up the idea of getting a pet pig. Right. So it ended my um, potential for having it as an aunt, as a pet in my home, but it did not end the love. That bond was way too strong between me and the pigs. Right, 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 right. 
Um, so even though your your mom like went like near death experience, you yeah, was, even you though she had prioritized the pig, even though she had an NDE, um, <laughs> a team pig. But like Booker T. Washington and I are not friends, right? But what's the other one? Valentine, lavender Valentine, lavender We're Valentine. Tight. Oh, okay, you still talk? Absolutely. Yeah, she's a cutie. That is so funny. Well, it's funny because you know personally, I sort of have a love hate with Reese. Like I'm not gonna deny that I enjoy some of her films um Legally Blonde I love um and Big Little Lies is such a great show what's the one with um Sarah Michelle Gellar and that other lady from Legally Blonde Mm, um is that Cruel Intentions yes good job yeah that's a that's an interesting movie um so definitely like you know from an outsider's perspective whose mom wasn't bitten by Reese Witherspoon's pig um, you know, I, I kind of have pretty neutral feelings towards Reese because she has had some really, in my opinion, stinker movies as well. And is also, as Lily previously mentioned, always typically playing a slightly annoying character. Um, but yeah, this whole, her, her the way that she handled this whole situation, I feel like is not in alignment with how a lot of people view her as a celebrity. I feel like people think she's really nice. And really, she's just like a mom, and she's wearing like a floral dress, and just like baking with her children, and she's just so sweet. And doing her book club. Yeah, and like, if if I had a farm, and I was Reese Witherspoon, you know, millionaire woman, like, I would totally offer to pay for the medical bills, and like, at least remember that it happened. Like, that would just be such a crazy thing. Yeah, I feel like I've previously held more um dislike for Reese um than I currently do she's just kind of like she's bothersome but she doesn't really like I'm just not thinking about her she's kind of irrelevant in my mind Mm -hmm. but of course when we do come back to it to the beginning when we go back to the pig story it just all it all cements in my mind that she sucks yeah, she also low-key ruined one of my favorite books that I've read recently, which was Little Fires Everywhere. And honestly, the Hulu show that she is in and I think was a part of producing, Trash Garbage. I personally couldn't even make it halfway through the first episode having really enjoyed the book, which is just such a disappointment. And they changed so many things. And this is obviously getting into the tangent territory. Um, but I think that our overall sophomore citizens rating of Reese Witherspoon would have to be fairly low. I'm so sorry. She's just besmirched her own name too many times. Yeah, for us, to us give personally her... and professionally. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I will say, I do think she ended up paying for the medical bills, but, um, oh. she wasn't like willing to do so, but I just don't want to, um, drag her name through the mud falsely accusing her of oh. things. I do think that the outcome was that she ended up paying, but, oh. um... There was it was certainly met with some disdain. Oh, okay. Well, then I love her again. I no. love you, Reese. Uh, no. If you want to reach out, um, you could find me on Instagram. If she Maybe did want to come on the podcast, I would be here for that. Oh, though. she could totally clear her She's name. She's also recently on TikTok, as far as I know, and I just don't really need her on that platform. Yeah, she could probably stay away from that, and that would probably be better for her. But she just doesn't know. She she never knows what's best for her, in my opinion. Right. Anyway, sorry, Reese, that I falsely claimed that you didn't pay Lily's mom's medical bills. Thank you for paying those, but no thank you for being difficult about it. 
Moving swiftly along, um, Gigi, I am so curious to find out who your celebrity that you strongly dislike is. Yes. She is a woman by the name of Emily Ratajkowski. Uh-huh. I struggle to call her anything but Amrata, personally. I know. To be fair, she did kind of do something there. Yeah. Um, like, it does have a certain, you know... Quality. Quality to it that, that does carry. Yeah. Um, and I feel like, especially also having a last name that so many people struggle to pronounce, um, it makes her life easier to have that kind of cutesy little... Yeah. Um, alias, if you will. Right. Her last name also does remind me of Mike Wazowski. Oh, yeah. Um, That's a great point, Liesl. Yeah, so I, I could see why she would want to abbreviate it. Yeah. Um, but on to why I don't care for her. I mean, on a number of occasions, she has, you know, tried to give off this air of, oh, I'm so carefree and I eat hamburgers and, and then I look the way I do with my intense ab crack and I just flaunt it left and right on my Instagram mm-hmm. My life doesn't seem to have very much um, substance or value outside of my own looks and fun. Um, and if I'm being honest here, the only good thing she's ever done was play Gibby's girlfriend in iCarly. Yeah. That's, she peaked then, and I just didn't need anything else from her after that. Yeah. That was a pretty great thing she did. That was really great. Um, was she featured in the episode where they went to, like, whatever the equivalent of the Cheesecake Factory was? Oh. And Gibby danced on top of the table and they had giant salads. You know what? <laughs> well, here's the thing. I don't I know. Think he was on her. Because I think that that might have been an episode where, um, like, Gibby was on a date and, like, yeah, he was Yeah, but I think it was with someone else. It was actually, I think, with someone else because... The whole episode was about, like, just Gibby being Gibby and, yeah. like, meeting a woman who's going to appreciate him for who he is. And I think that, as I have said, the only good thing Emily Ratajkowski ever did was love Gib- Gibby for who he was. Do right. either of you know anyone IRL named Gibby? No. Do you? No, I was just wondering if that was a name that the show created or if that is, in fact, a name of individuals. I think they did kind of create it, but I honestly think, like... Gibby isn't completely out of the realm of possibility. Like, someone's name could be Gibson, and then they could go by Gibby. Or even, like, Gilbert could be Gibby. You know, yeah. it kind of works. Yeah. Like, okay. Do you think that Gibby's full name was possibly <laughs> Gilbert? Yeah, I think it was Gilbert or Amadeus <laughs> Mozart iCarly. Right, okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad we cleared that up. Um, Gibby could also come on the podcast. Um, no. I don't think we need him. Because <laughs> I just don't know what he's like now. Like That's why he'd be great podcast and i'd be too afraid he would take his shirt off and yell give <laughs> okay listen we need to get back to yes, what's at hand here track. i just i'm curious to know what you both think but i have a pretty strong dislike for for emily mm-hmm. um to the point where i blocked her so that mm-hmm. i don't even have to come near her content i don't want to see it i don't want to hear about it it just doesn't add any value to my life and it's upsetting to me that she has such a platform and to my knowledge doesn't use it for anything other than promoting her own fashion line. Yeah, I completely agree. Um I also remember like seeing an interview with her where she where someone was like, "So like what do you eat? You have like the most amazing body ever." And she was like, "Oh, I just eat like burgers and fries and pizza all day. Like I this is just like how I am. Like I know it's crazy, haha." And 
while that's like lovely for her and totally nice and fun like if that's the truth which I'm already skeptical that that's the truth um but that's just such an inappropriate way to talk about food and one's own body and just to have no self-awareness of what you look like and what other people look like and how people view you and to just so carelessly and callously just be like I just eat whatever I want and I look like this especially when like she's fully aware of the young impressionable audience that she has to throw that kind of stuff around whether it's true or it's false feels irresponsible and it feels like it just has no regard for other people's experience around body image and you know struggles with food yeah and like I can appreciate a supermodel or whatever is she a supermodel is that like her title I don't even think so an influencer I can appreciate that like a super slender you know influencer is is maybe on some level trying to like say that she doesn't diet and that she's not going to restrict you know her food whereas that might be seen as the norm but I feel like it's it's even more toxic to like claim that you naturally just are this way because I feel like it just makes people who naturally don't look like that which is pretty much everyone like you know feel bad about themselves like just even more and I just think that like in general influencers and famous people and like celebrities in any capacity have a responsibility to give out a body positive mindset no matter what their body looks like. And I think that like body positivity as a movement falls on the backs of people who are in larger bodies. Like for example, like Lizzo, you know, people look to her as like a body positive icon, but why can't someone who is skinny also be a body positive icon and be like, I love my body too. And I love everyone's body. Like everyone is beautiful. You, you honestly rarely ever hear that from skinny people. You only hear it from people who are on the larger side or or maybe they're in the medium side but for Hollywood or whatever they're considered larger and they're they they spread that body positive message but like I feel like it should fall on those who have the most like extreme body you know extremely skinny or whatever to also like be healthy and promote healthy habits and healthy activities and just loving yourself right and I think that a healthy means healthy mind body and spirit yeah not just what you look like physically yeah and just to quickly return to her ab crack which she i don't really know what that is what like is that? she has a very deep groove that runs the length of her abdomen oh that is like widely accepted as her abs okay and like maybe that's the case I don't know. And again, maybe that is what her body naturally looks like. But I'm very skeptical of that, considering so many people look to it as like the pinnacle of, you know, the lines, abs, look or whatever. And so even if she were to be like, you know, not dieting or living kind of a carefree lifestyle, like and she's just naturally thin, you wouldn't have that intense line of potentially muscle running down your stomach like that would that to me if I'm not mistaken comes from working out and eating you know very healthy yeah restrictively thank you 
I agree with you, G, and I don't hold any specific dislike for Emrata, but I definitely don't love her by any means. But my dislike for her isn't pointed directly at her, but just the breed of influencers, specifically on Instagram, um, that produce content like hers that, as we've said, just is not taking into account all bodies, is creating this, you know, all these eating eating habits that aren't healthy and workout habits that aren't healthy and just spreading impossible, unattainable body image ideas as a whole. Mm -hmm. So I have a dislike for all that are like her, but not her specifically, but I definitely don't think that she is using her platform for good. By right, any standards. Right. And I just feel like she adds no substance to the world. Like, That's what I'm saying. What do you bring to the table other than your, your body and your face? You know, like, and once you have a platform, you know, you start to have a responsibility with what you do with that platform. And, like, you know, I think that this this works differently on different scales. Like, if someone has, I don't know, 3,000 followers on Instagram, you know, whatever they post like is going out to 3000 people, but like, it doesn't really matter. But once that number gets to like 3 million or whatever, I don't even know how many followers she has, but like, it is an enormous amount of people who are like taking in all of the subliminal messages and, and content that you're spreading. And what you do with that really says, in my opinion, a lot about you. Totally. Um, she has 26.7 million followers. Right. Yeah, I knew it would be a crazy number. Like, that is just insane. And what amount of those followers are, like, impressionable young women or, you know, impressionable men who start to create this crazy standard of beauty? You and know? I mean, to be fair, like, I think it does also speak volumes about us as a society and what we value right. that, like, her looks alone draw in almost 30 million people looking to her page it's like at a certain point I almost want to say like I can't blame her right for any of this stuff like there's plenty of people who do use their Instagram as just like a fun feed of photos to share with people Mm -hmm. but like I just it's astounding to me that we value looks so highly to the point where, like, that many people would feel called to constantly be consuming her content. Yeah. I yeah. will just say, because I think it's important to recognize that she does have a story highlight dedicated to Black Lives Matter. And so she is using her massive audience and platform for good in some ways. Yeah. Um, and that that should not be it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be overlooked, but at the same time, like... And I appreciate that tremendously from her, especially with that many people looking to her. Um, But it's also like, that's kind of the bare minimum of what I would like to see from someone with a large following is at the very least, especially in light of everything that's been going on, I want to see, you know, a highlight of Black Lives Matter. I want to see feed posts about Black Lives Matter. I want to see all that kind of stuff. Um... But it's just, it's it's also, like, 
just interesting to me that on a regular basis, she doesn't, like, is there a talent? Is there a comedy? Is there, and like, is there entertainment value out of what she provides? Right. There's nothing. Like, I genuinely can't think of any real thing that she provides. Um, I do think I actually saw her on the streets of New York one time. And I feel like it was a funny moment because when I think of her, I kind of think about her. Like, maybe there's, like, some paparazzi photos of her, like, street style. And I feel like that was, like, it was, like, seeing a paparazzi photo, like, in real life. You mm-hmm. know? And it it's just so insane to me what our society you know prioritizes and what we value um and I think that like people who are at the center of of such negativity like body negativity like have have the responsibility to speak out and make people feel included in the conversation you know, it's 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 super important to include people of color. It's super important to include black people in the conversation. And it's also important to include people of all different shapes and sizes and ages and everything in between. Like, I just think that inclusivity needs to be for everyone and anyone, you know? And that responsibility or that burden doesn't fall simply on Emily Ratajkowski. We don't want to insinuate that like she bears that burden alone or that she alone is responsible for inclusion and diversity but like it seems as if you know she could maybe be doing more yeah you know like do better emrata yeah um to be more body positive even if that means like this is what my body looks like naturally, but I love myself for who I am and I love all of you for who you are. Yeah. Because I think that even something like that could mean a lot of uh, could mean a lot to a lot of her young impressionable followers. Do you know what I mean? Like even for her to say the words of you are wonderful and fantastic and beautiful just as you are would on some level influence people. Yeah. Yeah. And like I know so many skinny people and like everyone gets bloated sometimes everyone has days where they feel like their body is like not necessarily perfect or ideal or whatever their standard is and like I think it's really amazing when people show that and like I've seen some great content on TikTok of girls who are traditionally slender like showing what they look like when they're bloated or showing what they look like when they just let their stomach go out naturally and they say like this has this is normal this happens this is just your body working like it's fine or even other influencers who like take it upon themselves to post a photo maybe they post one posed and maybe they post one of just like what your body normally looks like relaxed lying down or whatever sitting whatever the, the positioning is I think that that level of transparency is completely like it, I don't think that's too much to ask. But I don't like, think it's too much to ask at all, and I think that balance in general is important everywhere. So if M. Rata is gonna post her bikini pic that is obviously looks very good, but maybe is unattainable, is setting some standards that are just not fair for 
young girls or anyone to look to, then maybe she posts one photo saying something body positive or explaining the behind the scenes of that image. But I just think that balance is so important and is so lacking across social media and within body positive discussions in general. Totally. Totally. And, like, I think that anyone who is a model slash influencer who is in a small body, like, this segment of the podcast is meant to call all of those people out. I know Kaya Gerber is, like, another one who's been triggering at points. And just, like, I, I can't really think of anyone else off the top of my head. But, like, if you are a model, like please go out and try to spread some body positivity and like offset some of the negative ideas that you like put out into the world, you know? Especially because you know that like their profession requires them to be scrutinized on a daily basis, whether that be by casting directors or their agency or from within themselves. And it's like, you'd think that coming from that perspective of understanding what it feels like to be so scrutinized, that you would want to spread some positivity on the flip side to that. Yeah. And like, I think that this also does fall heavily on brands as well. Like, I've seen such great stuff coming from the brand Aerie, which is not a brand that I ever like looked at twice or thought about or shopped at previously, just because it wasn't really something I'd ever been drawn towards. But honestly, I've seen so much amazing like body positivity and just like inclusion from that brand. And it it makes such a big difference. And I think that like more brands need to be stepping up to the plate in the way that they did to really like put their money where their mouth is as far as inclusion. Um, So on that note, I think that we will hopefully in the future talk more about body positivity health and fitness and all of that kind of stuff maybe in a future episode um but I think that we've covered that pretty well for today um so we will be moving along to my topic for today who is the celebrity that I hate most now I was brainstorming about this idea and just trying to think about a celebrity that I really didn't like and I was really struggling But I finally came up with a group of people who bother me to no end. And that is any person, including the star of Peter Weber's season of The Bachelor. Now, if you did not watch this season of The Bachelor, you might not know, but... Peter and all of the women that he dated, pretty much, I mean, we can exclude the people who were, like, eliminated in the beginning, or let's just say, you know, the top six or something, um, they were horrible. They were terrible to watch, um, they were immature, they were lazy, they were weird at times, they were not entertaining, they were overly emotional, Um, And this does not just apply to Peter and his women that he was dating. It also applies to Peter's family members and the behavior that has been exhibited ever since the season ended. Lily and Gigi, please give me your, your initial impressions about this. What did you girls think about Peter and his season? I have no negativity towards Peter and his season. Oh, my God, Lily. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. I don't think it was the best season of The Bachelor. Okay. 
just in terms of like entertainment quality, which is kind you, of. But are you aware of the widespread dislike for this? Yes. Season? Okay. I, I don't think. I mean, I know it's difficult to say. Oh, the entertainment quality wasn't that great because it's The Bachelor, and like a lot of people would say, the entertainment quality in general is very low. But I don't think that they were like especially terrible. I think he was the worst part. Like, I just did not enjoy him as The Bachelor. I don't think he has a bold enough personality to be the star of the show. And... But also, like, usually the star is kind of bland. Like, they... they Oftentimes. They do that by design so that it's, like, a well-liked character across the nation. Yeah. Personally... I would love to just go through the main people that I have problems with and maybe Lily and Gigi can respond and share their thoughts as well. So the first person that I would like to start out with is Hannah Ann. I don't have super bad feelings about Hannah Ann. She seemed nice enough. You know, she was pretty young. Um, She seemed a little naive to be getting married in my opinion. She didn't really do anything super wrong. She just kind of bothers me because She just has no personality. So honestly, she doesn't really deserve to be in this group, but she just kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit. What do you girls think? Yeah, I don't really have that much dislike for Hannah Ann, especially in the content that I have seen of her post-Final Rose. She's done a, a pretty good job of, you know, sticking up for herself, whereas throughout the season she felt kind of, again, bland, spineless whatever yeah very average yeah seeming to me um but like I just think the casting as a whole for for this season specifically and this is a trend we've seen with the franchise that so many super young like conventionally good-looking people get cast and then they just try to scrounge up whatever like D-list celebrity status they can get right post you know being on the show right and and, like, and we've seen that specifically with Hannah Ann and Maddie and Peter all, and all more of the above. and more especially again on TikTok and it's like I don't want you here right and I feel like Hannah Ann is just a classic example of like a thirst monster who just like went onto The Bachelor to just become an influencer like and just seal seal her fate in that way which, you know, is fine. If that's what you want to do, that's okay. I get it. But that's why she is starting off this list, because my feelings towards her are the most mild. <laughs> Next up on the hit list is one Mykenna, also known as McKenna, the blonde girl who was all crying and all, I'm a beautiful, empowered woman, and Peter, blah, blah, blah. She was so annoying, and I hated her so much. Every time she was on the screen, my eyes would bleed. She's just one of those girls that, like, clearly had no concept of where, like, like, of her place. Yeah. In the whole situation. She literally thought she was going to win, like, the whole time. Like, she thought her and Peter's connection was great when it wasn't, and she was just so annoying and irritating and even since then I think on TikTok specifically she was getting a lot of hate and like on social media in general because people just like didn't like her weird fake brand of like feminism whatever the f that was um and she just kept like responding to it and just being like I'm beautiful and empowered woman blah 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 and it just felt so fake to be fair, we do recognize that the editors of the Bachelor right, franchise 
do manipulate the story significantly and that someone's edit almost entirely dictates public perception of that person. So we can really only speak on, you know, what the what the public presentation of right. this person has been. And some of that has to do with their own... What um, they release. What they release, their social media, and part of it has to do with how they were on the show. Right. Okay, next up on my hit list from Peter's season is, of course, Peter. And with him comes Kelly. Okay, this one I'm here for. I, I don't like Peter or Kelly at all. Need okay, well, I tell say us, more? I want to hear Lily's reasoning. I just am not interested in someone who is that emotional and, like, weirdly just... I don't, she just gives me weird vibes and I her crying was too much and it was just unreasonable. All of it was completely uncalled for. Was Kelly a big crier? Yeah. She was just a little bit all over the place and she I was think moody. She was moody nasty. Um and she like like thought she had this special claim on him because they met at that hotel like and she was, she was trying to act so above it. Yeah, she was trying to act like I'm so much older than these girls, blah, 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 which was kind of true. Like, she was a little bit more mature. But and especially if she's an attorney and yeah. these women are literally, like, you know... 23-year-old models. Like, yeah. I can I can understand where Kelly was coming from. And that's the thing. Like, I wanted to like Kelly. At first, she was very pretty. She seemed very smart and capable and mature and, like, you know, a good fit for Peter. But the fact that he let her go... He moved on to many other women. Literally, like, four other women before her. And now has finally fallen back on the Kelly train. I'm just so lost and confused. And they, them as a couple, like, they just want to rub their couplehood in front of everyone's faces and just not explain any of this and how this happened. Or... And, and, like, even when they went on their one-on-one, if you girls remember, like, they were, like, fighting with each other on their one-on-one. It was the weirdest thing. So, anyway, Peter, honestly, on the list because he just kind of sucked as a bachelor. Kelly, on this list because she is so spineless that she just took him back after she after he publicly embarrassed her on national television. But, and okay. And don't, don't even get me started on Kelsey. She's my least favorite thing Oh, my gosh. Season. Kelsey Oh, also. my God. Okay, yeah, she, she could See, be her See, I'm telling you, topic. this cast is so bad. Just person <laughs> after person is just so annoying. Okay, next up on the list <laughs> is someone that really, really rubs me the wrong way. Miss Maddie Madison Pruitt. I think that's her last name. Now, is that the long, I mean, the girl with long, dark hair? Yeah, the girl with the long, dark hair. She does the basketball thing at Auburn. Yeah, yeah, blah, I, blah, know blah, blah. I know her. I know The spider eyelashes. Yeah, so. Oh, the eyelashes. Yeah. So, this is a topic that I've been wanting to talk about on a in a public way since this occurred. Because Madison gave him such an ultimatum to say, don't sleep with other women, you know, in the fantasy suites. And just went about it in the worst possible way. Where she said she was going to leave, but she didn't really make it clear why this mattered to her. She didn't share that she was a virgin. She just said, Peter, I don't want you sleeping with the other women during the fantasy suites at that freaking airport hangar. Like, what (laughs) are you even doing there? 
and in her ball, ugly ball gown. Right. And she's like, Peter, you can't sleep with the other women, but doesn't give him a reason why or any logic behind that. And basically is just thinking that she's number one and that she gets to set the tone for what fantasy suites look like. Ridiculous. Okay. Then, of course, Peter, being the dumbass that he is, he goes on fantasy suite dates and, of course, sleeps with everyone and their mother. And then, of course, Madison asks him, did you sleep with anyone else? And, of course, he says yes. And Madison is all emotional and upset about this because she's a virgin, but she didn't even give Peter all of the facts to go into fantasy suites knowing how to properly handle the situation. She gave an ultimatum. She tried to forgive him in the weirdest way. She pretended that they were going to maybe continue on some type of relationship at the end. And then, after the whole season is over, everything's said and done with, guess who I see her with on social media? Selena Gomez. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know how I feel about Selena. So... What was she doing with Selena? Lily, like, I cannot explain to you. They were in Target picking out board games to play with each other. Are they quarantined together? No, I mean, Lily, this didn't you hear pre- quarantine, quarantine doesn't, doesn't count for celebrities. Yeah. Oh, right. Thank you for reminding me. It must have slipped my mind for yeah. a moment. But so, the I think that they probably bonded over their Christianity and... You know, if you're listening to this podcast and you're religious, if you're Christian, like, that's beautiful, and we totally support you in that, but it's another thing to, like, use your religion or your beliefs to be manipulative over another person and, like, shame other people, you know? Like, when Madison said what she said about the fantasy suites, she totally shamed Hannah Ann, and Kelsey was also, I think, involved in this whole thing. Like, she just totally made herself and everyone involved look so bad, in my opinion. And for that reason, whenever she pops up anywhere on social media, I just honestly, my heart drops. And I just feel so upset and yucky inside of my soul because this girl has just done everyone in the nation so wrong. Last but not least. Wow. This is the one I've been dying to talk about. Miss Bring Her Home. Barb, <laughs> what is this woman on? What drugs? Like, please let me know. She is so overly emotional, overly attached and, and involved in her son's love and sexual life. Um, she was so rude and disrespectful on the finale special. She was trying to talk in Spanish so that people wouldn't understand her, but obviously people understand Spanish and knew what she was saying. It was unbelievable watching the showdown between 23-year-old Madison and God only knows how old Barb um, <laughs> on national television play out. I have never seen a grown woman handle herself so poorly over her son's <laughs> sex life like when does that happen Lisa when have you ever seen a grown woman handle themselves any type of way over their grown son's sex right, life? right this is not something we should even be able to be discussing right now but we're here so I think mean, Barb is whack yeah I mean duh, there's, no, there's no question there's no that. denying it in summary of that whole situation I just think that Peter's season will forever be remembered as a dark blemish on the Bachelor, Bachelorette franchise history. And honestly, I am 
obviously devastated that we didn't get Bachelor in Paradise this summer, but I am so glad that I don't have to see Madison and Mike Kenna and Kelsey, Kelsey and whoever else on the beach in Paradise. That would just really boil my blood. And even next summer, if they decide to bring them back, bring them out, I will be very... Bring them home? I will be very... Yeah, if they decide to bring bring them home, I will be very upset. That is what I have to say about that. Now, I'm curious, on a related note to you girls, about The Bachelor. Would you ever go on The Bachelor? Yes, I okay. Okay, yeah, tell fine. us more, Lily. Fine. Why would you go on The Bachelor? Because it seems fun, and I think that it is possible to find love on The Bachelor. I'm not going to sit here and say like oh, I'm going to find my one and only on The Bachelor, but mm-hmm. like it is just a way to meet people. Like, okay, it's only one human being that you're meeting, right. so like your chances of being them being your soulmate are pretty low. But like at the same time, it's possible, and like. If I made it to a point in my life where, like, I had the time to go on a reality TV show and could swing it, like, why not? Yeah. Okay. Do you think you would get jealous? Um, no, but I'm not on it, so I think it's hard for me to make that call. But I don't see myself as a jealous person in general, so I hope that I could stick to that. Okay. I see. Gigi? Um, I actually have plans of applying to be on the oh, show. fabulous. Within the next few years. I want to make sure I don't get too old because we know how they feel about that. Right. But I also don't want to be too young and played off as um, not serious. Like, I must be right. taken seriously. <laughs> I similarly would not describe myself as the jealous type. And I honestly wouldn't even really see myself getting, like, that seriously invested in it. Right. But who's to say? I mean, maybe my envy, green envy monster would come out. Yeah. You know, I, in the whole situation. I think I would love to go on because not only would I love to see all the behind the scenes, get an idea of how much manipulation is at play. Right. But I also think, like, I would be a fun addition to the group. Mm-hmm. I would go out of my way to be charismatic and funny and interesting. Um, and honestly, if they approached me about being the villain, I would consider. Hmm. Okay. I like that. Personally, I would not apply to be a contestant on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, but if by some crazy turn of events, I got offered a role as a producer on The Bachelor or Bachelorette, I honestly would struggle to turn it down because something about... Um, the production side of it is very enticing to me and I think it would be really interesting to like get to just observe so closely everything that goes down and honestly try to create drama that honestly sounds really fun that does sound fun so those are our thoughts on The Bachelor um, we're, for now. For now. Um, we'll probably have be forced to talk about this topic again. Um, yeah, I'm excited for Claire's season. We're excited for Claire's season. We're so happy for her to be in Palm Springs with her men, um, hopefully being COVID safe. Um, and I'm just so glad that they're back to the, the filming. Um, and I can't wait to get more Bachelor, Bachelorette content. We're very excited about Matt James. At least I am personally. So good things. It's all uphill uphill from here. 
in Bachelor Nation, honestly. Um, but yeah, once again, everyone on Peter's season, I'm sorry, um, but I really don't like you. So let's move on to our recommendations for today. Jeej. My recommendation for this week is actually a, uh, I was going to say a podcast of my own, which yes, please listen to Sophomore <laughs> Citizens. Um, but when you're not listening to Sophomore Citizens, I would highly recommend you check out my playlist titled Disco Leaning. It's for all those fun and funky times where you want some, you know, danceable beats, you want some kind of maybe slightly background music, but also something upbeat and fun. Um, so I would definitely recommend trying that out. Maybe listen to it when you go on a walk, when you go exercise, when you're hanging out with, um, you know, your bubble, your bubble. Thank you, Liesl. Mm -hmm. Um, I would highly recommend checking it out. And it is kind of a fusion mix of some different genres that I feel marry well together yeah. so check that out disco leaning on spotify i know it's kind of tough to sometimes get playlists or like users if you don't get it sent directly to you so any listeners that want this playlist who have my phone number feel free to hit me up right or you can also dm us on instagram oh that too um and we will see if there's a way for us to post it maybe on an instagram story you mm -hmm. might be able to do that um, that's a lovely recommendation, Gigi. As yeah. the curator of almost all of my music and playlists, I really enjoy disco leaning, and I think that's a really fun, funky time for y'all. Now, our next recommendation is a food item. I think this is our first food recommendation, um, probably of many, um, as the three of us love all things food. But this food item is something that honestly just blows my mind every time I have it. And that is a specific brand of Greek yogurt called the Greek Gods Traditional Plain Greek Yogurt. Full fat. Full fat, of course. Um, whenever Gigi or I wants to eat some Greek yogurt, we always have to tell each other that we're going to go become a Greek goddess and go into the fridge and feel all of the power of all of Zeus and all of those other... Poseidon. Poseidon, thank you, Gigi. Um, all of the Greek gods put all of their special talents and skills into curating the best yogurt ever. It is protein-packed, delicious, sweet, flavorful, just a little bit tart, but barely at all. My favorite way to eat it is with some granola and a little chopped up fruit. You could do any fruit you want and you're basically eating pie for breakfast. You do a little small apple slices, you do a little mango, you could do a little peach. Like, oh my gosh, I'm eating peach cobbler for breakfast. Delicious. 10 out of 10 would recommend. And this is not a sponsored segment, just so everyone knows. <laughs> but Greek trying gods. to sell this to you. But Greek gods, like, please reach out if, if you want to sponsor us. Um, okay, so I think that with that, that is all that we have for you guys today. Um, don't forget to follow Sophomore Citizens on Instagram and now on TikTok. And we hope that you guys have a lovely couple days. We'll see you on Thursday.